You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Good morning. We want to welcome you to our Good Friday service. This morning, what happens when Jesus comes? When Jesus comes alongside us? And that's really uh, my message this morning, when Jesus comes. In the book of Luke, it tells an incredible story of two people walking away from Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus. Will you join with me in verse 13? That same day, two of them were walking to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem, about two and a half hours. And they were walking away from Jesus, whom they knew personally, who had just been nailed to a cross and died. And these two people on this road, they were deep in conversation, going over all the events, these things that had just happened. And in the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked alongside them. But they were not able to recognise who He was as God kept them from recognising Him. They didn't know Him like this. And could it be that Jesus has come alongside you and I and we have not recognised who He is? In verse 17, He asked, what's this you're discussing so intently as you're walking along? And they just stood there long-faced like they had just lost their best friend. And then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the one, the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happening during the last few days? And he said to them, Well, what has happened? And they said, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by God and by people. Then our high priests, Our religious leaders, they betrayed Him, got Him sentenced to death and crucified Him on a cross. And we had our hopes up that He was the one, the one about to deliver Israel and all our people. It was everything that they thought life would be now seemed all but lost. Purpose had been found in Jesus, but now purpose had seemed lost. What do you do when purpose seems lost? What you thought life was going to be. You find yourself walking in the opposite direction with a heart filled with grief and a head full of confusion. We had our hopes up. They said that He was the one, the one to deliver, the one to restore our people. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now they said to Jesus, some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and they couldn't find His body. They came back with the story that they had seen a vision of angels who said He was alive. And some of our friends, they went off to the tomb to check and found it empty just as the women said, but they didn't see Jesus. So with all this confusion, with all these reports and rumours and information from several people, it says they came to the edge 
of the village where they were headed. And Jesus acted as if He were going on, but they pressed Him and they said, stay, will you stay and have supper with us? It's nearly evening and the day is done. So Jesus went in with them. And here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them and taking the bread, He blessed and broke and gave it to them. And at that moment, open wide, wide wide-eyed, they recognised Him. And then in the next moment, He disappeared right in front of them. Back and forth, they talked at that table. Didn't we feel like our hearts were on fire? For as He conversed with us on the road, He opened up the Scriptures to us. Today, what happens when Jesus comes to you and I? This was the road to Emmaus. These men, these men had walked with Jesus. They'd seen the feeding of the 5,000, 5,000 hungry people who were fed by Jesus and His disciples. And there were crowds of people that followed Jesus on foot from the towns. And when Jesus would see large crowds, He had such compassion on them that He would stop and heal all of their sicknesses. So I can imagine that day on that hillside with 5,000 people, it took a long day to get face to face with every single person, healing them and restoring them. And soon they found it was evening. And the disciples told Jesus, Jesus, send the crowds away to go to the village to buy food because they were in a remote place. But Jesus said, no, don't send them away. You feed them. And they answered and said, but Jesus, we only have these five pieces of bread and two fish. And Jesus said, bring what you have to me. And then he looked to God in heaven. He prayed and gave thanks and broke the bread, then handed what he had to the disciples. And that day, a great miracle occurred where no food ran out. The food never ran out. And that day from the hands of Jesus, 5,000 people were fed and they were all satisfied with the leftovers. Have you ever seen 5,000 people fed with five loaves and two fishes? That never runs out. I need this around my house with the teenagers. I haven't. They were experiencing a whole other world that had been opened up through them, through this man, Jesus. Jesus was claiming to be the Son of God. Deaf ears were opening up and people could hear. Blind eyes were being healed and people could see. Have you ever seen someone who is sick being healed by Jesus? Well, I have. I was in a remote village in India where children were frightened by seeing us because they'd never seen white people before. And it was long enough ago where there was not access to the internet that we have today. An old man hearing through an interpreter that the group I was with that believed in Jesus asked to be led to us as he was blind. And he was looking for my hand. Then he was grabbing my hand to put it on his head to pray for him because so great was his need and desperation of blindness. His eyes were white. And just like Jesus, 
With my limited experience, I looked up to God in heaven and I did the same as he did and I prayed to God. And then life as I knew it in that moment completely changed forever. I saw this old man's eyes that were white roll over to blue eyes and he was totally healed and he could totally see. Life as I knew it was never going to be the same again. I saw Jesus heal a blind man's eyes and now he could see. Jesus wasn't just words of a page called the Bible anymore. He was real to me and He wants to be real to you. Seeing this blind man healed was not a one-time deal. I have seen Jesus heal time and time again. In fact, today He wants to heal people. I heard Jesus speak to me yesterday and He said that there's someone here with polycystic ovary syndrome that God wants to heal and restore your body today. I heard that there are people experiencing chronic migraines and it's not consistently, it's bouts of when you have a bout of a time of migraines that it's so chronic that it weighs you down. God wants to heal you today of chronic migraines. I heard that there are people struggling with depression today. My friends today, Jesus is in the room and He wants to heal and restore our minds today. God didn't only heal 2,000 years ago. He healed 20 years ago when I was in India, but He's still healing people today and He wants to heal you. Jeremiah 30, 17 put it like this, I will give you back your health and heal your wounds, says the Lord. But in the same way, these two men had experienced a whole other world with Jesus. Their lives were never going to be the same, but now they find themselves walking away from everything they have experienced. Jesus, whom they loved, is now dead on a cross and in a tomb. Then Jesus comes. Jesus asks them in verse 17, what's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? And they just stood there long-faced like they had lost their best friend. And then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, are you the only one, Jesus, in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happening during these last few days? And Jesus said, well, tell me what has happened. You see, Jesus was not asking an everyday question here. We know everyday questions. What's the weather? What should I wear today? What's my schedule today? We can answer those day-to-day questions. But this question was one of life's big questions. They were grief-stricken and what they thought they had found, they had lost. And here in their despair, Jesus comes to them. And we too, throughout our life, we will ask the big questions. The big questions of why am I here? Where am I headed? Is this it? Is there more to life than what I've been experiencing? And they found themselves in this same place on the road. What's happened? They said to Jesus, everything we had hoped for has gone. Everything we have experienced and come to know the reality of is over. Then Jesus comes, but they didn't know Jesus like this. They couldn't recognise Him. Could it be that 
When we find ourselves asking life's big questions that we don't recognise when Jesus comes to us with truth. Luke 24 says it again in verse 19. They said, these things that have happened to Jesus the Nazarene, He was the man of God. He was a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by God, by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed Him, got Him sentenced to death and crucified Him. And we had our hopes up. He was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it has happened. They're vocalising their big questions. And through Jesus, they had discovered their purpose. When those 5,000 people were hungry, Jesus said, you feed them. Jesus wanted them to be a part of this miracle, a part of the ministry of God to this earth. And they had discovered and experienced there was more to life than what they had ever known before. So where do you go when you have life's big questions? For these two men, they had shared experience on the road. It was a traumatised experience. They were bewildered and confused. And yet they turned to a stranger who came alongside them on a lonely road. And for myself, if I'm asking big questions about my life, critical questions, I don't believe I'm going to turn to a stranger on a road. Yet, They do. What was it about this stranger to them? What was it about His presence of just being there alongside them, listening to their hearts, asking them about their grief, walking with them in their loss? What was it about Him walking with them on that road that day? You see, what they were experiencing was His support someone who cared enough to stop, to travel and to listen to them. Someone who takes the time to sit with you in your grief and turmoil. Change was taking place. Have you ever been in a situation when you're feeling low, but someone walks into the room and lifts the heaviness with their support? where it felt like you were sinking, but then someone comes to you and all of a sudden you start to feel stable, like you're standing on solid ground. When Jesus comes, Jesus said in John 14, verses six to seven, Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth. I am the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. And if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know Him. You've even seen Him. When we have experienced incredible support, truth that moves our hearts, could it be that we have seen Jesus too? You know, the Greek word is so interesting for for truth and it means support. Not just support, but support that is firmly set in place. They were having an experience of truth coming alongside of them to support them, to stabilise them. And God will come to us in unexpected ways and do unexpected things. And God will move every obstacle that is standing between you and what He is getting ready to do in your life. When Jesus comes, truth comes, 
support comes. His life comes to you. And there's something that you need to know this morning. God sees you. In your weak place, He sees you. In your searching, He sees you. The questions, the big ones you've been searching for, He sees you and He will answer you supporting His truth to your life. And He sees these two men. When Jesus comes, truth comes. And it is now the third day since Jesus died on the cross. And then there's talk, there's rumours, information circling about Jesus. It says in verse 19 of Luke 24, but now some of our women have completely confused us. Well, that could be true. Early this morning, I say nothing more. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and they couldn't find his body. I mean, imagine the frenzy. He's supposed to be in the tomb and the women are there going, he's not there in the tomb. We can't find his body. And they came back with a story and what a story it would have been. They had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty just as the women had said, but they didn't see Jesus. And the question they were faced with is, has Jesus risen from the dead? And this morning, the same question is posed to us, do you think Jesus has risen from the dead? And there are three pieces of evidence for the resurrection. Number one evidence, his absence from the tomb. Jesus' body was absent from the tomb that first Easter day. People have come up with all kinds of explanations. For example, maybe the authorities stole the body. Well, then why didn't the authorities produce it when people had started saying that Jesus had was risen from the dead to refute the statements? But when the disciples heard that Jesus, that, that Jesus had been seen, they ran to the tomb and inside the tomb, there was no body, but just grave loaves grave clothes crumpled up that Jesus had been wrapped in. And when they saw it, they said that they believed. Number two, the second was His presence with the disciples. Jesus was seen after Him dying on the cross, being in the tomb. Jesus was seen on more than 11 occasions and on one occasion by a group of 500 people over 40 days. And there were a group of people who were disillusioned, despairing that their leader had died. Then suddenly they were transformed by seeing that Jesus was alive. They started saying, we have seen Jesus. He's really alive. And they went around telling everyone. They risked their lives by telling this truth that ended up costing many of their lives. They could have lied to save themselves. They could have kept quiet, but they spoke the truth because they knew it was true. They had seen Jesus alive. He was trans, had transformed their hearts. And lastly, it's still happening today. They all speak of this encounter with the risen Jesus Christ. And we today still speak of this encounter that it's happening to us time and time again. It's still happening to us today. And when I saw the reality of Jesus in my own life, 
this scripture in Philippians 3.10 never became so real and so true to my heart. It's Paul was saying, I wanna know Christ and experience this mighty power that has raised Him from the dead. I've experienced His power. When I saw those white blind men's eyes turn to blue, I was experiencing resurrection power. It wasn't just words off a page anymore. This was the reality of Jesus and He was alive. They came, these two men, and Jesus the stranger to them, to the edge of the village where they were headed. And He acted as if He was going on. But I love this, they pressed Him. They said to Him, Jesus, would you stay and eat with us? It's nearly evening, the day is done. They don't know it's Jesus. They're now inviting this man, this stranger into their home to eat with them at their table. What is it about this man that is moving their hearts? What is it about His presence that he's, uh, they're asking Him to come in and eat at their table? They asked Him to stay. If you wanna know Jesus this morning, Ask Him to stay. If you want to know Jesus this morning, ask Him to stay. Let His Word stay a little longer with you. Let His presence linger a little more with you so that His truth may reveal who He really is. It says in verse 31, So Jesus, upon their invitation, He went in with them. And here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them and taking the bread, He blessed and broke and gave it to them. And at that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognised Him. It was Jesus, Jesus who they saw die on a cross who they couldn't find the body from the tomb is now alive, sitting with them and talking with them and spending time supporting them exactly where they're at. So why did Jesus die on the cross? The answer is because He loves you. Do you hear me? He died on the cross because He loves you. And this is a verse. There is a verse in the New Testament where Paul says, the Son of God loved me and gave Himself for me. You are loved And if you'd been the only person in this world, Jesus still would have died for you. It's as personal as that. He loves you that much. His love for you is unconditional, wholehearted and continual. It's the greatest love that you could ever imagine. And that is the reason for the cross. God's amazing love for you. His amazing grace to all. And at the table they talked and on their journey they found truth. And 1 Corinthians 15, 4 says Jesus was buried and He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scriptures had foretold. Confusion and despair dissipated. Jesus was alive. Then He disappeared right in front of them. Luke 24, 32 says back and forth when Jesus had gone, these two people started to talk with each other. Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire? Didn't it feel like our hearts were burning within us as He conversed with us on that road, as He opened up the Scriptures and He explained 
truth to our questions. He explained truth to what we'd been journeying with. He changed our despair to hope. He changed everything that we thought we had lost. We found it again because Jesus is alive. Luke 24, 33-35. They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the 11 and their friends gathered together, talking away. It's really happened. Imagine the conversation. They found Jesus. They found each other as the disciples. They've, it's really happened. The Master has been raised up. Simon saw Him. Then the two went over everything that had happened on the road to them and how they recognised Him when He broke the bread. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This morning, Jesus is alive. He died on a cross for you and I, for God so loved the world so much that He sent His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life with a loving Saviour. If you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus personally, He might have been walking with you and you might not have recognised Him. But this morning, if you wanna walk with Him, if you wanna know that it's Him, You can ask Jesus to come into your life and walk with you. You can ask Jesus to come into your heart and believe that He is your Lord and Saviour. And Romans 10, 9, just as the band comes, says this, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Look how easy Jesus is making that invitation to you and I. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus, you are Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, the Word of God says that you shall be saved. What does it mean to be saved? It means to be in relationship with Jesus, to be no longer separated from His love, to have eternity with Him, to have restoration and healing because that's who Jesus is. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed this morning, if you're watching with us online and you don't know Jesus, if you haven't asked Him to come into your heart and have relationship, you can have this opportunity in a moment, we're gonna pray a prayer. And I would love you to pray this prayer with me. And if you can say to me in this room this morning, I've never asked Jesus into my heart before. I'd really like to pray this prayer. If you're watching with us online or at a later date, and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, will you take this opportunity to pray with us as a church today? If you can say this prayer after me, Dear Jesus, we invite You into our hearts this morning to have relationship. We declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We believe in our heart that God, You raised Him from the dead. And because of this, we are now saved. Amen. Well, there's one thing that we never want you to do is walk this journey alone. These are not just words on a page to me anymore. This is Jesus speaking personally 
truthfully, not information, truth. We have so much information today, but here is the truth of Jesus Christ that still lives and alive today. And we want you to be able to walk this journey with the Word of God right alongside of you. And on your way out, there'll be hosts on the doors that you can come and receive a Bible from us, a gift to you. Because we don't want you to be alone on this journey. And if you are watching online and you're thinking, what's my next step? How do I walk out this journey? You can go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps and it will show you how to connect with the church and how to receive a Bible. So Father, we just pray this morning. We are never walking alone. You are walking alongside of us. Even when we don't recognise it's You, Father, You will make Yourself known to us in the right time, Father. You come with Your truth. You come with Your love. You come with Your grace and You come with Your support to support us in every day of our life. So Lord, we just wanna thank You this day as the church, as we stand together in the room. Can I invite you to stand this morning? We just stand as your church this morning and we say, we thank You for the cross. We thank You for dying on that cross for us 2,000 years ago to never be separated from a loving Saviour again. We thank You for Your sacrifice. We thank You that You gave up Your life for all because great is Your love for us. In Jesus' Name, Amen. We're gonna come around a time of communion this morning. And it says from this story, when they came to the edge of the village, walking away from...